Hello, and welcome to another Vet Team Training Podcast. My name is Amy Newfield. I'm both the host and owner of Vet Team Training. Please check out my Facebook page. Be sure to like it. Uh, Sometimes I post raffles up there for my books or fun things, free CE events, so uh, check it out. And be sure to check out my website at vetteamtraining.com. Okay, today I want to talk about paying employees. Yup. If you are working in a veterinary hospital, one, you should be making way more money. I'm just going to put it out there. (laughs) Number two, are you really getting paid fairly? So let's dive into this topic because I've seen some huge atrocities in veterinary medicine. It's just like we like to make up numbers of how much someone should get paid without any data or research to back it up. So let's really dive into how to pay people fairly. And there's a difference between paying people fairly and paying people well. I think we need to pay people well, good, great, any of the above, so that they you know, don't need two or three jobs to afford to live. It's a really hard sell in veterinary medicine when veterinarians or practice managers or owners of hospitals say, I want credentialed technicians. I want my veterinary technicians at a high skill level because And hit me up for these studies, by the way. There's been several studies that have shown that on average, a credentialed technician brings in an extra $90,000 a year, if not more, to a veterinary hospital than someone who is not credentialed. So let me break this down. Credentialed is someone who's gone to school, who's passed their certifying exam. Usually the veterinary technician national exam is what I'm talking about, though there used to be states that had state exams. So whatever that is, they passed their exam and now they have credentials. They've got things like CVT, LVT, LVR team, um, maybe one day soon RVN or RVT. Whatever that looks like, they have credentials because they've earned them. Those are veterinary technicians. Everyone else should be called a veterinary assistant. Yes, I said it. I know I'm going to get in some hot water, but let me explain why. Most practices really want the credentialed veterinary technicians. As I said, studies have shown that credentialed veterinary technicians do bring in more money for the hospital. They can move cases along. They tend to fill leadership roles. They tend to be able to drive patient and client care in a way that non-credentialed veterinary technicians can't. And before you go harping on me, there are some amazing on-the-job trained veterinary assistants. You guys are rocking it. You guys are dinosaurs more than me. You know more than me. Uh, You guys are killing it in your hospitals, and you are awesome at what you're doing. I'm not saying that you're not. But here's the thing, this profession, as far as veterinary technicians and veterinary assistants go, is never going to increase salary if we keep paying people like they're on the job train. So it doesn't matter if you work for a big company or a small company. Everybody wants to pay the lowest amount possible for labor. That's just called business. That's the way business works. And while we don't want to discuss it, it is a fact. It doesn't matter if it's a single veterinarian owned hospital or the biggest company in the world everybody wants to pay the lowest dollar of labor possible that's just the way it goes because that means they make more money fact and it could be walmart it can be target it could be amazon it could be the little boutique store it could be the mom and pop bakery shop it doesn't matter it's just called business so we have to understand that 
But that said, these salary ranges that we are currently dealing with and why veterinary technicians and assistants and front office are getting paid so low is because they, do, they date back to the dark ages when education really wasn't a thing. The first veterinary technician school started in the 1970s. And so the profession of veterinary technology is actually pretty young. So when we think about it, most people in the 1960s and 70s were on the job train. We paid them a very low salary and we didn't expect them to do too much. But now at this point, we expect them to do a lot more. And yet the salaries really have not increased. I kind of talked about this in one of my other podcasts. Uh, Check out the one on sustainability of the profession. So hands down, people should be making more money. But there's a difference between paying great and paying fair versus unfair. And so let's dive into the fair versus unfair because that's really the point of this entire podcast. I mean, as you can tell, I'm super passionate about the wage issue for every veterinary professional, no matter the position. But that's an entire other podcast. And again, check out Sustainability of the Profession for that podcast where I kind of go on a bit of a rant about all the issues in veterinary medicine. So how do you know if you're being paid fairly? Do you know whether or not your employer is paying based on favorites or actually expertise? Well, one, your employer should have some semblance of a pay scale. And my guess is the vast majority of hospitals don't actually have pay scales. They started off with these salaries and now they just make up random numbers. When they have uh, someone with some skill or knowledge coming into the hospital, maybe they'll pay them a little bit more than somebody that's currently in the hospital, or maybe they'll pay somebody a little bit less. At time of performance reviews or raises, just general numbers are made up. I'm not kidding you. There's really no science behind any of it, but there should be. So here's my challenge. First of all, you should have skill levels in your hospitals. This is true even if it's a veterinarian because veterinarians have different skill levels. They have different levels of experience. You may have someone who's an amazing surgeon or someone who is great at doing internal medicine and they bring in different revenues and different uh, clientele. And you should also have skill levels for your front office, veterinary receptionists, and you should have skill levels for your veterinary technicians and different skill levels for your veterinary assistants. And so we should separate out absolutely credentialed versus non credentialed veterinary technicians or assistants because if we fail to just group them all together then what's the point of education so in order to put an onus on education in order to make education of value you need to have separate pay scales and separate skill levels for those individuals Um, and again we can argue about this I know that there's some people who are going to disagree with me but that is the reality if you want to move the salary forward in this profession well then you need to put an onus you need to make education valuable and the way that you do that is to give more money to those who are educated if you don't want to put any money towards education then there's really no point to education why do we even have credential technicians and then we can pay the lowest dime on the dollar for labor and that's called a veterinary assistant that is just the way business works so again we can't pay somebody the same if they aren't educated with the same skill set and knowledge we want to pay somebody who's gone to college who has the same skill set 
little bit more. And again, we're gonna pay some veterinary assistants more than veterinary technicians who are credentialed because those people have been in the industry 10 or 15, 20 years. They're running your hospitals, they're doing a great job. They just didn't go to school. But if you have somebody with the exact same skill level, the same knowledge, same years of experience, the person who is credentialed absolutely should make more. Okay. So now that we've dived into the fact that all jobs should have different levels, different skills, or at least salary ranges based on years experience, we now need to create those. And this is what paying fairly is all about. We need to make sure that we can justify why we are paying someone the way they are. And it's not just based on years experience, because I've seen hospitals fail in that. I've seen pay scales where it's just based on seniority, and I'm sorry, but if you come out of school or if you enter this profession and you never increase your knowledge or skill, then why should you be paid more? You shouldn't. If you don't constantly go to continue education, if you constantly don't challenge yourself, if you learn zero new skills, if you're still giving steroids like they're water and acepromazine like it's going out of style and using thiopentols to induce patients, well then I'm sorry, you should definitely not be paid the same as someone who has evolved with medicine. That's just the way it goes. So your pay scales can't be based on years experience alone. And so this becomes trickly, tricky for your veterinarian. So veterinarians have skill sets just like uh, veterinary technicians. And it can be, you know, things like just gross that they bring into the hospital, the financial money that they bring into the hospital. But it also may be things like leadership skills that they develop or, um, you know, extra skills that they're willing to contribute to the hospital or years of going to continuing education. Should we pay a veterinarian more who has, say, really challenge themselves in their own career. Let's just say we have two veterinarians. They both have 10 years experience. They're both amazing and they bring in the equal amount of income into that veterinary hospital. Okay, so the veterinarian A is amazing and same with B, but B, veterinarian B, actually goes above and beyond. She has continuously gone to continuous education. She learns all the time and then she brings her knowledge back to the hospital. She loves to educate veterinary technicians. She also loves to give new skill sets to veterinary assistants. She's also someone who's a real leader on the floor. Should that person not be paid more? They should. So why can we not create pay scales that add those characteristics into what a veterinarian could be making more than another veterinarian, right? Because now we've justified why that other individual is going to make more. It's because you have now shown that you are improving your knowledge consistently. You are giving back to the team that you are part of. You are now educating those on top of this while also educating yourselves. And in that moment, that person should absolutely make more money than uh, veterinarian A. So that's a challenge for creating pay skills for veterinarians. But as far as technicians and assistants, and again, they should be separated out. Don't please don't let make me stay on my soapbox for too long. We want to make sure now we're talking about technician skills, but also characteristics. If we have two, say, veterinary technician specialists in internal medicine, and they're both awesome and they both have 15 years of experience and they're amazing. But technician B is someone who trains other team members. Technician B is someone who is kind and caring to everyone. Technician B is someone who helps to uh, helps the veterinarians out and helps to mold the culture of the hospital. Should that not be a characteristic that we want to pay more money for? 
Absolutely. And so why can't that be built into the skill level where it says trains lower level technicians, um, offers one to two webinars or continuing education seminars a year, whatever that looks like. If someone can do that, why would we not want to pay them more than someone who's doing less than, but also equal knowledge? We should put more money in that person's pocket because they are going above and beyond. So when you're building out your skill levels, it's not just, oh, this person can place a catheter and this person can't. It also has to do with personality and characteristics that we want to see in our hospital's culture. And this is same true for the front desk. And so for our front desk, we can have various skill levels, one through three or one through four, where we challenge them. And I want you to think outside of your box in terms of your organizational structure. And I've done, I think, some podcasts as well as a blog on organizational structure in the hospital. Every uh, hospital needs to have an org chart and you need to constantly reevaluate. Is that the right organizational structure for your hospital? Within this, these skill levels, I want you to build in pay scales and salary ranges for supervisors, shift leads, managers. What does that look like? Please don't just give somebody a leadership role without actually paying them more. They are giving, they're adding more responsibility to their plate. So whenever we give a true raise, it is above the cost of inflation. And too often, hospitals just give out at time of performance reviews. They just increase the salary a little bit just with the rate of inflation. That's not a raise. So if you're an employee listening to this, you're not getting a raise. You're just being made sure that you are getting paid your same salary because you see the rate of inflation goes up every year. You can Google to see how much it's gone up every single year. If your salary only increases with the rate of inflation, you did not receive a raise you're getting paid exactly the same. And here's the worst part about this. And again, going back to paying fairly, if your employer never increases your salary, you're actually getting paid less every year. Yeah. So if you're an employer listening to this and you, well, you had a tight year, so you decided not to actually increase salaries at all, oh my goodness, you're actually paying your employees less. And that really stinks. That's not paying fairly at all. Um, so whenever we're talking about raises, as a manager, I want you to think about is that employee going above and beyond outside of their job descriptions? Because you see salary ranges, uh, raises actually occur when people do something different, when they add in responsibility, when they do something above and beyond. That warrants a raise. And that's where we move from one pay scale system to another pay scale system. So for technicians, it's pretty easy. You've learned now over the course of this year how to place a central line, how to place arterial line, how to do invasive blood pressure monitoring, maybe give an epidural. All of these things you learned in this past year, therefore you have increased responsibility, therefore a raise is warranted. And in your pay scales, you can easily see when this person falls into this next skill level, they should be paid something within this range. Okay, easy breezy. For your veterinarians, a little bit tougher, right? But again, we can look at characteristics, what they give back to the veterinary hospital and what they give back to the team and whether or not they've gone in above and beyond. And if they've added more responsibility to their plate, they get a raise. Now, if you are in a leadership role and responsible for raises and you ask your employee, oh, hey, um, can you take over the schedule? Do you mind doing the inventory? How about controlled substances? You are adding responsibility to their plate. Therefore, you need to pay them more money. 
So if you are hearing this and you are the employee who's taken on the additional responsibility and you are not being paid fairly because you've taken on more responsibility and received no actual raise, then go ask for a raise because what you do is worth something to the hospital. And this is really important that employers recognize and remember that because too often they forget it. Oh, can you just take on this one little thing? And we feel honored as employees. They're asking me of all people to do controlled substances, to do this, to do that, to do on schedule. Maybe that means I'll be moved into supervisor role. And the next thing you know, you've oopsied yourself into a leadership role without any increase in salary. And that is not called being paid fairly. So whenever you have an additional responsibility, yes, please, you should be paid for it. If it's taking up your time, it is of value to the hospital and therefore compensated in some way. And so what? how much is it worth to your hospital for an employee to really take over the controlled substances? Probably a lot. Because if you don't have someone who's responsible for controlled substances, well, I don't know, the FDA could show up and you could be fined. And then unfortunately the hospital could be closed. So it's kind of a big deal, right? That we make sure that our controlled substances are being managed responsibly. And so therefore it is worth something for you to get paid more. What about the schedule? If you take on doing the schedule for the team, should you be paid more? Well, yes, because it's taking up your time. It's adding stress to your life and you are taking away stress from your leadership. So how much is that reduction in stress worth to you, to them? What does that look like? And so we have to be paid more for additional responsibility. And so when we're talking about paying fairly, we're talking about giving raises for when raises are due. And we're talking about just doing salary increases to keep uh, in pace with the rate of inflation on a yearly basis. That is what paying fairly is all about. But also as an employer, you should be able to justify why one individual is being paid over more than another individual. Well, you see, it is because they have an extra skill set or they're doing more responsibility or they are also have contributed to the hospital in X, Y, and Z. If you are just simply placating individuals who are threatening to leave with salary and increasing salary willy-nilly and going outside of your pay scale, then you're no longer paying fairly. The problem is, is that we're all short-staffed. And when people start to threaten uh, of leaving over salary, we just give them money. And now we've voided our entire pay scale range because we just threw money at a problem. But the problem isn't money. The problem is this problem person is unhappy because they're burned out. And no matter how much money we throw at them, they still have the same caseload. They're still the same overworked. They're still stressed. The money isn't going to solve any of that. That said, your pay scale should be a good salary, ideally great, so that they can't blame it on the salary. And as long as it's good and or great and not terrible, then it probably isn't about the money. It's probably about all the other things. Don't break up your pay scale to try to make somebody happy. Instead, dive into why that person's unhappy. But more importantly, make sure you do have pay scales. Base them off of what you see is of value to the hospital. And if you are an employee, you should be able to ask, not necessarily what everyone's making, because no employer is going to tell you that, but you should be asked, why am I making the salary that I'm making? And why is she potentially making more than me? And they should be able to give you an answer, a good answer, because they have done the data and the research as to why they are paying people what they are paying. 
I hope this helps you. If you're an employee who you feel like you're not being paid fairly, then I hope this challenges you with the ability to go up and ask your boss, your manager, your leadership, these questions of how do you justify pay to paying one individual over another? Do we have pay scales? Do we have salary ranges? Do we have career paths? Do we have skill levels? What does this look like? Why does one individual get paid more than another? And again, they're probably not gonna share their pay scales or salary ranges with you. That's fair, most employers don't because they don't want them ending up on the internet. It's such a competitive space. I certainly don't want my hospital salaries being published all over the internet, but I can tell you why someone's being paid the way they are because of their skill level, because of the contribution to their hospital. And if you are not getting an increase in your salary, challenge your employer. Uh, that's not fair. You're getting paid less every single year. And if you're taking on additional responsibility and you've not been paid more, also challenge that. That's not okay. And if you are an employer or responsible for salaries at all, make sure you have good systems in place. You have reasons why you are paying people the way they are, not because you like someone or because you think they're hard up for money or because they're threatening to leave and so you want to give them more money. Don't do that. Justify, truly justify why you're paying people the, the reason why you're paying. Make sure you increase their salary every year to match that of inflation, but also that you hand out raises where raises are due because they've picked up more responsibility and it is worth something to the hospital. Thank you so much for listening. Please check out all my other blogs and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com. Please like my Facebook page. I always appreciate when someone likes it. Thank you so much for listening and keep on being a unicorn. 